Chapter Sixteen of Indian Fairy Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gaby Cowan. Indian Fairy Tales by Joseph Jacobs. Chapter Sixteen The Son of Seven Queens once upon a time there lived a king who had seven queens but no children this was a great grief to him especially when he remembered that on his death there would be no heir to inherit the kingdom now it happened one day that a poor old fakir came to the king and said your prayers are heard your desire shall be accomplished and one of your seven queens shall bear a son the king's delight at this promise knew no bounds and he gave orders for appropriate festivities to be prepared against the coming event throughout the length and breadth of the land meanwhile the seven queens lived luxuriously in a splendid palace attended by hundreds of female slaves and fed to their hearts content on sweet meats and confectionery now the king was very fond of hunting and one day before he started the seven queens sent him a message saying may it please our dearest lord not to hunt towards the north to-day for we have dreamt bad dreams and fear lest evil should befall you the king to allay their anxiety promised regard for their wishes and set out towards the south but as luck would have it although he hunted diligently he found no game nor had he more success to the east or west so that being a keen sportsman and determined not to go home empty-handed he forgot all about his promise and turned to the north here also he was at first unsuccessful but just as he had made up his mind to give up for the day a white hind with golden corns and silver hoofs flashed past him into a thicket so quickly did it pass that he scarcely saw it nevertheless a burning desire to capture and possess the beautiful strange creature filled his breast he instantly ordered his attendants to form a ring round the ticket and so encircled the hind then gradually narrowing the circle he pressed forward till he could distinctly see the white hind panting in the mist nearer and nearer he advanced till just as he thought to lay hold of the beautiful strange creature it gave one mighty bound leapt clean over the king's head and fled towards the mountains forgetful of all else the king setting spurs to his horse followed at full speed on on he galloped leaving his retinue far behind keeping the white hind in view never drawing bridle until finding himself in a narrow ravine with no outlet he reined in his stead before him stood a miserable hovel into which being tired after his long unsuccessful chase he entered to ask for a drink of water 
an old woman seated in the hut at a spinning wheel answered his request by calling to her daughter and immediately from an inner room came a maiden so lovely and charming so white-skinned and golden-haired that the king was transfixed by astonishment at seeing so beautiful a sight in the wretched hovel she held the vessel of water to the king's lips and as he drank he looked into her eyes and then it became clear to him that the girl was no other than the white hind with the golden horns and silver feet he had chased so far her beauty bewitched him so he fell on his knees begging her to return with him as his bride but she only laughed saying seven queens were quite enough even for a king to manage however when he would take no refusal but implored her to have pity on him promising her everything she could desire she replied give me the eyes of your seven queens and then perhaps i may believe you mean what you say the king was so carried away by the glamour of the white hind's magical beauty that he went home at once had the eyes of his seven queens taken out and after throwing the poor blind creatures into a noisome dungeon whence they could not escape set off once more for the hovel in the ravine bearing with him his horrible offering but the white hind only laughed cruelly when she saw the fourteen eyes and treading them as a necklace flung it around her mother's neck saying wear that little mother as a keepsake whilst i am away in the king's palace then she went back with the bewitched monarch as his bride and he gave her the seven queens rich clothes and jewels to wear the seven queens palace to live in and the seven queens slaves to wait upon her so that she really had everything even a witch could desire now very soon after the seven wretched hapless queens had their eyes torn out and were cast into prison a baby was born to the youngest of the queens it was a handsome boy but the other queens were very jealous that the youngest amongst them should be so fortunate but though at first they disliked the handsome little boy he soon proved so useful to them that ere long they all looked on him as their son almost as soon as he could walk about he began scraping at the mud walk of their dungeon and in an incredible short space of time had made a hole big enough for him to crawl through through this he disappeared returning in an hour or so laden with sweet meats which he divided equally amongst the seven blind queens as he grew older he enlarged the hole and slipped out two or three times every day to play with the little nobles in town no one knew who the tiny boy was but everybody liked him and he was so full of funny tricks and antiques so merry and bright that he was sure to be rewarded by some girdle cakes a handful of parched grain or some sweetmeats all these things he brought home to his seven mothers 
as he loved to call the seven blind queens who by his help lived on in their dungeon when all the world thought they had starved to death ages before at last when he was quite a big lad he one day took his bow and arrow and went out to seek for game coming by chance past the palace where the white hind lived in wicked splendor and magnificence he saw some pigeons fluttering around the white marble turrets and taking good aim shot one dead it came tumbling past the very window where the white queen was sitting she rose to see what was the matter and looked out at the first glance of the handsome young lad standing there bow in hand she knew by witchcraft that it was the king's son she nearly died of envy and spite determining to destroy the lad without delay therefore sending a servant to bring him to her presence she asked him if he would sell her the pigeon he had just shot no replied the sturdy lad the pigeon is for my seven blind mothers who live in the noisome dungeon and who could die if i did not bring them food poor souls cried the cunning white witch would you not like to bring them their eyes again give me the pigeon my dear and i faithfully promise to show you where to find them hearing this the lad was delighted beyond measure and gave up the pigeon at once whereupon the white queen told him to seek her mother without delay and ask for the eyes which she wore as a necklace she will not fail to give them said the cruel queen if you show her this token on which i have written what i want done so saying she gave the lad a piece of broken posture with these words inscribed on it kill the better at once and sprinkle his blood like water now as the son of seven queens could not read he took the fatal message cheerfully and set off to find the white queen's mother whilst he was journeying he passed through a town where every one of the inhabitants looked so sad that he could not help asking what was the matter they told him it was because the king's only daughter refused to marry so when her father died there would be no heir to the throne they greatly feared she must be out of her mind for though every good-looking young man in the kingdom had been shown to her she declared she would only marry one who was the son of seven mothers and who ever heard of such a thing the king in despair had ordered every man who entered the city gates to be led before the princess so much to the lad's impatience for he was in an immense hurry to find his mother's eyes he was dragged into the presence chamber no sooner did the princess catch sight of him than she blushed and turning to the king said dear father this is my choice never were such rejoicings and these few words produced the inhabitants nearly went wild with joy but the son of seven queens said he would not marry the princess unless they first let him recover his mother's eyes when the beautiful bride heard his story 
she asked to see the potsherd for she was very learned and clever seeing the treacherous words he said nothing but taking another similar shaped bit of potsherd she wrote on it these words take care of this lad giving him all he desires and returned it to the son of seven queens who none the wiser set off on his quest ere long he arrived at the hovel in the ravine where the white witch's mother a hideous old creature grumbled dreadfully on reading the message especially when the lad asked for the necklace of eyes nevertheless she took it off and gave it to him saying there are only thirteen of them now for i lost one last week the lad however was only too glad to get any at all so he hurried home as fast as he could to his seven mothers and gave two eyes apiece to the six elder queens but to the youngest he gave one saying dearest little mother i will be your other eye always after this he set off to marry the princess as he had promised but when passing by the white queen's palace he saw some pigeons on the roof drawing his bow he shot one and it came fluttering past the window the white hind looked out and lo there was the king's sons alive and well she cried with hatred and disgust but sending for the lad asked him how he had returned so soon and when she heard how he had brought home the thirteen eyes and given them to the seven blind queens she could hardly restrain her rage nevertheless she pretended to be charmed with his success and told him that if he would give her his pigeon also she would reward him with a yogi's wonderful cow whose milk flows all day long and makes a pond as big as a kingdom the lad nothing loath gave her the pigeon whereupon as before she bade him to go ask her mother for the cow and gave him a pot shirt whereon was written kill this lad without fail and sprinkle his blood like water but on the way the son of seven queens looked in on the princess just to tell her how he came to be delayed and she after reading the message on the pot shirt gave him another in its stead so that when the lad reached the old hag's hut and asked her for the jogi's cow she could not refuse but told the boy how to find it and bidding him of all things not to be afraid of the eighteen thousand demons who kept watch and ward over the treasure told him to be off before she became too angry at her daughter's foolishness in thus giving away so many good things then the lad did as he had been told bravely he journeyed on and on till he came to a milk-white pond guarded by the eighteen thousand demons they were really frightful to behold but plucking up courage he whistled a tune as he walked through them looking neither to the right nor to the left by and by he came upon the yogi's cow tall white and beautiful while the yogi himself who was king of all the demons sat milking her day and night 
and the milk streamed from her other filling the milk white tank the yogi seeing the lad called out fiercely what do you want here then the lad answered according to the old hag's bidding i want your skin for the king indra is making a new kettle drum and says your skin is nice and tough upon this the yogi began to shiver and shake for no jinn or yogi dares disobey king indra's command and falling to the lad's feet cried if you will spare me i will give you anything i possess even my beautiful white cow to this the son of seven queens after a little pretended hesitation agreed saying that after all it would not be difficult to find a nice tough skin like the yogi's elsewhere so driving the wonderful cow before him he set off homewards the seven queens were delighted to possess so marvellous an animal and though they toiled from morning till night making curds and whey besides selling the milk to the confectioners they could not use half of the cow gave and became richer and richer day by day seeing them so comfortably off the son of seven queens started with a light heart to marry the princess but when passing the white hind's palace he could not resist sending a bolt at some pigeons which were cooing in the parapet one fell dead just beneath the window where the white queen was sitting looking out she saw the lad hale and hearty standing before her and grew whiter than ever with rage and spite she sent for him to ask how he had returned so soon and when she heard how kindly her mother had received him she very nearly had a fit however she dissembled her feelings as well as she could and smiling sweetly said she was glad to have been able to fulfil her promise and that if he would give her this third pigeon she would do yet more for him than she had done before by giving him the million-fold rice which ripens in one night the lad was of course delighted at the very idea and giving up the pigeon set off on his quest armed as before with a pot-shirt on which was written do not fail this time kill the lad and sprinkle his blood like water but when he looked in on his princess just to prevent her becoming anxious about him she asked to see the pot-shirt as usual and substituted another on which was written yet again give this lad all he requires for his blood shall be as your blood now when the old hag saw this and heard how the lad wanted the million-fold rice which ripens in a single night she fell into the most furious rage but being terrible afraid of her daughter she controlled herself and bade the boy go and find the field guarded by eighteen million of demons warning him on no account to look back after having plucked the tallest spike of rice which grew in the centre so the son of seven queens set off and soon came to the field where guarded by eighteen millions of demons the million-fold rice grew he walked on bravely 
looking neither to the right or left till he reached the centre and plucked the tallest ear but as he turned homewards a thousand sweet voices rose behind him crying in the tenderest accents pluck me too oh please pluck me too he looked back and lo there was nothing left of him but a little heap of ashes now as time passed by and the lad did not return the old hag grew uneasy remembering the message his blood shall be as your blood so she set off to see what had happened soon she came to the heap of ashes and knowing by her arts what it was she took a little water and kneading the ashes into a paste formed it into the likeness of a man then putting a drop of blood from her little finger into its mouth she blew on it and instantly the son of seven queens started up as well as ever do not disobey orders again grumbled the old hag or next time i will leave you alone now be off before i repent of my kindness so the son of seven queens returned joyfully to his seven mothers who by the aid of the millionfold rice soon became the richest people in the kingdom then they celebrated their son's marriage to the clever princess with all imaginable pomp but the bride was so clever she would not rest until she had made known her husband to his father and punished the wicked white witch so she made her husband build a palace exactly like the one in which the seven queens had lived and in which the white witch now dwelt in splendor then when all was prepared she bade her husband give a grand feast to the king now the king had heard much of the mysterious son of seven queens and his marvellous wealth so he gladly accepted the invitation but what was his astonishment when on entering the palace he found it was a facsimile of his own in every particular and when his host richly attired led him straight to the private hall where on royal thrones sat the seven queens dressed as he had last seen them he was speechless with surprise until the princess coming forward threw herself at his feet and told him the whole story then the king awoke from his enchantment and his anger rose against the wicked white hind who had bewitched him for so long until he could not contain himself so she was put to death and her grave ploughed over and after that the seven queens returned to their own splendid palace and everybody lived happily End of chapter 16 Recording by Gabby Cowan